Welcome to the Called Out Ones podcast, where scriptural truth and discipleship are the main course, but a side of humor is always on the menu. Coming to you from the new LHR Studios, located in an undisclosed bunker deep beneath Amy's old bedroom, are my brother and my dad, Sam and Ed. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Called Out Ones podcast, or the COOP as it's affectionately known. Yeah, it's um, been a while. It has been a while. We're here with episode 37. Uh, my name's Sam Taylor, and I'm here with my dad, Ed Taylor. How's it going, man? It's going great. You? Good. Going yeah, pretty good. How's summer? Uh, super busy. The kids are doing all kinds of crazy stuff all summer. Um, it's flying by, um, having fun at grandpa's house, going to stay in New York with their aunt. Yeah. This was um, the first trip. I remember them saying without parents, without parents. They, I mean, Isaiah just kept saying that over and over again. <laughs> Every sentence, uh, I'm going away without parents. Where are you going? Uh, we're going to New York without our parents. <laughs> You know, I mean, every th- it was that was tacked on to everything, and they did well, right? They did I very mean, well. The first night was a little rough, but they that was it. Then they were good to go. Now, did I understand um, he's starting baseball again? Yeah, he's doing fall ball, um, uh, which is like a fall league. There aren't as many kids, so they instead of just playing all Hedgesville, they go around and play different Martinsburg, uh, Jefferson County has a team, um, and it's a little bit larger age group. Um, but he loves baseball, and he said he wanted to try it out. So they get a lot of a lot more reps, and the competition's a little bit more intense because there's some older kids. So I think it's a good time for him to find out how much he loves it. Honestly, right. yeah. Well, I remember you love baseball too. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, then uh, you know you did the football. And yeah, then uh, basketball, and uh, and then you fell in. Uh, you really enjoyed soccer and basketball. But then mm-hmm. once we got here, and you could play hockey, that was forget it. it. Yeah, <laughs> forget about it. Yeah, it was all hockey all the time. Yep. yep. So um, that's great. I mean, you enjoyed it too. So he yeah. seems to the games I've seen. He loves it. Looks he forward does. to it. And yeah. Does real well. Absolutely. So. And wedding coming up. Yeah, I've been working on uh, getting ready since I'm, I've am i got a couple different um, things, hats i got to wear. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm doing the DJ at the reception and things like that. So DJ Sammy Sam. DJ Sammy Sam. In DJ the house. Bubby. Yeah. Bubby B. Bubby B. <laughs> Dr. B. <laughs> we'll come up with something. I'm, yeah, we got plenty. Of t- oh, th- those were pretty good, and yeah, that was just and off that was the just top. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And uh, you were sharing you're writing a song. Yeah, that's writing a pretty song. cool. Yeah. So we're gonna do that at the reception. Yep. You're gonna, yeah. And um so I we need to stop calling him that boy and we need we'll start calling him Devin. Yeah. Once once it's official. Right. That doesn't happen till it's official. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we could gotta give him a little uh Honestly, part of being the family, though, it, being in the family is just getting yeah, razzed th- on. Yeah, I should say, um we'll stop calling him that boy. And we'll start calling him an affectionate family name, <laughs> Za, plural. Right. So uh, he may ask us to go back to that boy. Right. <laughs> but Aaron's so excited. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do a new opening with the two of them. We should. Once yep. the wedding's over and done. Definitely. Maybe I'll take the, maybe we'll record it while we're over there. Oh, that'd be cool. On yeah. site with the wedding. Yeah, yeah. That'd be neat. It's been kind of bittersweet because, um, I don't know. I get kind of, well, I'm just admit it. I get emotional, mm-hmm. you know, um, and Aaron's the baby. Mm-hmm. So this is the last one. 
And, um, and then I think about when your mom and I got married and, you know, I think 18 something <laughs> feels like a hundred years ago, right? <laughs> you know, but you have all those feelings and you remember, you know, like, um, I remember the night we met that'll always stand out in yeah. my mind. You know, we were high school. Well, latter the senior year, mm-hmm. you know, I went to the senior prom together our senior year. But I remember the first time I saw her was actually in the fall of our senior year. Um, uh, a couple of buddies um, had a keg party, mm. you know, yeah, senior year. Day, senior yeah. year. <laughs> and um, so uh, I was there talking to him and I looked over and, you know, there was who would become your mom. Mm-hmm. But I just remember, wow, she is so beautiful mm. and innocent and i mean she had this hair mm-hmm. and just uh man i knew at that moment when i saw her that night that's the girl for me just because the, the beauty and the way it came no, over you because she was drunk did i not <laughs> say we were at a keg party <laughs> you're like this is my shot this is this is a girl for me <laughs> I bet you could add up everything she's, I mean, you couldn't, she's not drank a full beer no, or glass of wine in her whole life. All of it put together. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, But humor ignores all of that. You got to go for the cheap laugh. Again, going back to once you're in the family. Right. (laughs) Yeah, she had no idea. Right. What I do meant. (laughs) Is she? Uh, well, listen, um, before we get started on our topic tonight, um, we've got a new sponsor. It's Sci-Fi Double Feature nice. uh, Summer going on at the Starlight Drive-In Theater. I love sci-fi. Yeah, and so every weekend they've got a, a different um, set of two movies That's cool. uh, going on. And um, so uh, let's share this uh, promo for yeah. the Starlight, and we'll come back and, and talk about our topic. Sounds good. All right. Are you tired of the same old reruns on cable TV? Looking for a great outing for the family? How about a night at the drive-in movies? Load up the car and come on out to the Starlight Drive-In Theater. Sci-Fi Summer is in full swing as the Starlight offers a different sci-fi double feature every weekend through Labor Day. This week at the Starlight, enjoy two classics. First, it is The Witches of Westmoreland County. A suspenseful yarn about how local villagers struggle to keep a coven of witches from gaining a foothold in the local library system. Featuring Clive Hankerson and Ingrid Jurgen, with a special cameo appearance by Gunther the Wonder Newt. Then, get ready to grip your dashboard as it's Bonnie Fergus and Lester Sneeds fighting off the Walking Dead in Turnpike Tollbooth Zombies from New Stanton. Gates open at 7.30 with the first movie starting at dusk. Don't forget, the Starlight concession stand menu features a wide selection of food fare, snacks, and treats that will satisfy every taste. So come on out this weekend to the Starlight Drive-In Theater for summer sci-fi double features. The Starlight is located just off Wendover Pike in North Hunker. To the late night. Double feature, 
So, Dad, we're going to be looking at um, spiritual gifts tonight. Yeah, yeah, not like um, total spiritual gifts at all. In fact, I'd like us to do, it would take a couple of shows. Yeah. But um, uh, I would call it like um, Holy Spirit uh, signs. Okay. And specifically in the area of tongues. Because okay, great. I, I yeah. mean, I don't know, uh, you know, I know I say this all the time. It's just a pastor's way of exaggerating i guess but um you know that i had this question more than any other you know (laughs) but it certainly is a question um or questions it's kind of phrased or you know posed different ways um throughout ministry as a pastor about tongues Mm -hmm. you know just what is it you know what's it talking about here and um and i think i mean not only just feel led both of us uh, to talk about it tonight but um, also, it's one of those areas that there seems to be a lot of confusion. It's an area that I was, um, you know, I asked God about early on mm-hmm. because you kind of get, at least I did. I think a lot of folks get Yeah, you got to deal with, with it, it early on. Yeah, early on. And um, so I asked God about it because I was getting pulled, you know, in some different directions. Actually, I was getting pulled kind of in one direction, but my... I didn't sense or discern the Holy Spirit at all. I didn't have mm-hmm. peace. So I was looking for clarity. I, I Not that I was opposed to going down that road, as long as it was the Lord that was leading me down that road. Sure. And so until I heard his voice and, um, and you know, and what he said to me was, uh, uh, as with uh, quite a few other things, and that is don't worry about that. W- um, I will tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. If I, I'm paraphrasing, it's in a later but, semester, right, right? Or it's not. <laughs> actually, it was more like that's not really that important. Mm, there you, you go. know, yeah. which it sure seemed to me like it was. People were talking about it. Uh, you know, it was in the um, uh, '80s, um, late '70s, and then into the '80s. And and um, man, it was. Uh, you know, I mean. Uh, church services were built around it actually mm-hmm. in some of the cases and, yeah and um so it wasn't until later on in my own personal studies that the lord opened up the door for me to sit down and really do a thorough study you know and i've had a lot of people speaking in my life who had the answers and i don't when i say that i don't mean that they were um they thought they had all the answers or they were arrogant or anything like that they were just repeating what had been taught to them and that's okay these are people i love uh, but the, what they were sharing with me was different. And mm-hmm. so just like everything else, I wanted to go to the word, be led of the spirit and study it for myself and let him speak to me out of that word. And, um, and it was at that point he brought clarity and in that clarity, it's not nearly as complicated as we make it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just, just like so many things, yep. you know, we, um, I think I recall somebody saying, you strain at gnats and swallow camels. (laughs) And this would certainly, at least in my opinion, fall into that uh, category. So I thought maybe tonight we could just, and this is no way an in-depth study on gifts or the spirit Mm -hmm. or uh, even spirit signs. Um, But I think it'll get us where we need to go, or at least an understanding biblically of what tongues is all about. Awesome. Because uh, and it, you can't talk about in my you can't talk about tongues without talking about signs, you know. Um, and so I thought we could talk about that a little bit. I think it's great. It's something that I ran into a lot in um, 
Bible college, it seemed like you always it was a it was a hot topic in so much as um it needed to be addressed because there was such a huge uh, part of the evangelical church that had one view versus another. So it was something that was brought up quite often in discussion, you know, around after lunch or in the bookstore or whatever. Um, so something Right, else. and I don't know if it was true when you were in school. Um, I'm pretty, I suspect it was on uh, my application for Bible college. Mm-hmm. But the first time I came across it was, you know, um, serving as a missionary, the home mission board at the time. Um, and one of the things that they ask you in being approved officially as a missionary had to do with um, um, glossolalia. Ah. And uh, to be honest with you, back in those days, I, I hadn't. What in the world is that? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, understanding it was tongues. But the reason it was on the application or not the application, but kind of the, uh, your background form, mm-hmm. um, in and this is Southern Baptist life, um, was because it was a big deal. I mean, it was, a um, kind of a, a line uh, for some, yes. or, uh, there were those who wanted to make it a line, right. One of several, you know, proofs of, are you, in this case, are you worthy of us? Right. <laughs> paying <laughs> you know, your way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Paying you $175 right. a month or whatever it was. <laughs> but, um, uh, but anyway, yeah. so it's, it was, um, that's what I, I, to go back and say, that's what I mean when it seemed like people make a big deal of it. It's a great, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's a great example of the tradition of, of the weight that's been given to the top. Right. I think it was worded like, do you now or ever, or have you ever experienced glossolalia? And I'm thinking, man, I need to check with my doctor. Yeah, you're going to do that. I need to call my mom and find out right. what in, what shots I've had. And it came right after the background. It came right after the last tetanus shot right. question. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was like that. I mean, you're clipping along, that kind of thing. That's funny. So anyway, well, maybe we could start out. And, and again, we're not going to be, um, this is not, um, you know, uh, an exhaustive study. None of our, we come here. I mean, uh, we have, I have some notes scribbled down. You have some notes scribbled down. But it's not something that we rehearse or have a script or anything like that. So um, we're going to cover what's not obvious. (laughs) We might want to pause and let people deal with that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm sorry if that was a shocker to everybody it's emotional work people are gonna have to deal with as it. evidenced by this moment right exactly so can we get back to we it? can i apologize um so anyway maybe start out with um uh, just for our listeners um kind of just understand the backgrounds of a couple of views i'm going to give uh, two and um and i wanted to start here Okay, and I'll start with what I was exposed to, not first, but the majority of my um, evangelical life, or uh, I should say ecumenical life. Um, And that is what I'm calling the traditional conservative evangelical view. Okay, this is what you're going to find in the the vast majority of uh, traditional conservative evangelical churches both denominational and non, but if they hold those things, 
their uh, a position or a variant of this position uh, concerning the gift of tongues. Uh, first of all, um, the position is that it's a specific gift for a specific time and place. Mm. In other words, let's not spread it out and have everybody, you know, it's just, it was, it, in their case, it was a specific gift for a specific time and place, like the day of Pentecost, okay, that particular time. Or uh, we're going to take a look at the uh, Acts passage where, with Peter when with Cornelius and the group and, and um, when the Gentiles receive the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, it's like these specific times and places. Um, the evangelical conservative viewer traditionally has been that uh, it can be a heavenly tongue or a known language. We right. can interchange it. Sure. Okay, so it can be either, and really it depends on what the pastor's preaching, <laughs> whether or not he's going to come down on that particular sermon. And next week's sermon may come down in a different place, to sure. be honest. But this is like an angelic tongue, a heavenly tongue, mm-hmm. a God language, um, or a known earthly language. It can be either one. Um, traditionally, the time of they see it as the time of tongues as a sign that is ended. Uh, and it's kind of pulled out of 1 Corinthians 13. And, and for our listeners, let me just encourage you um, to, you're going to want to read through 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Yeah. Okay? Because definitely. that really is at the heart of it. All right? Um, or at least, you know, uh, a big chunk of it. Uh, and that part where it says, uh, and tongues shall cease, mm-hmm. that's pulled out. Right. And, it, the, you know, it's used in this idea of, See, the Bible says tongues shall cease. So um, that period is over. It was only for a specific period of, of time. Um, it, uh, it's in traditional conservative evangelical views, it's uh, relegated to a place of relative insignificance in most of these churches. Um, and to be honest, as with most of the sign gifts, what others might call the uh, the miracle gifts mm-hmm. or, um, you know, as a pastor, uh, especially in the 80s and 90s, if somebody uh, asked me, you know, visiting the church or something, they would ask me or I'd be introduced out as a pastor. They would ask me, uh, are you a full gospel pastor? I knew what that meant. Whoop. That was, uh, uh, you know, language for do you believe in miracle gifts Mm -hmm. or do you believe that they've ceased? Mm -hmm. In other words, do you believe in tongues, healings, anointings and and, and, uh, uh, words of prophecy, the whole thing and and variants of that. But in traditional conservative evangelical uh, churches and um, thinking, for the most part, um, tongues just gets placed over there as that ceased, it stopped, it was for a time. We're not denying it. Right. God certainly can do whatever he wants. He did it. That time is done, and so that no longer exists today. Um, uh, it's seen in the majority of today's um, practicing in the church as something that causes confusion or division. I heard of that a lot. And I actually had experienced that. There were a few times, very few, but a couple of times that I was, um, somebody would stand up and speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to say speak in tongues, but speak in, a, in sounds that weren't English nor a language. Mm-hmm. And um, 
uh, and it did cause confusion. You know, um, I remember, I remember, um, my father in the ministry told me a story about when he was going to seminary and he was pastoring a little church. He went to Golden Gate, uh, out in San Francisco, uh, seminary, and he was pastoring a little church in a suburb. And, um, uh, this guy had stopped by on a Wednesday, pulled into the office, um, motorcycle guy, and, uh, he comes in broken and the Lord, had, you know, his life was, you know, um, falling apart in some ways. And we're, it was one of those come to Jesus moments, sure. maybe is the way to say yep. it. And the Lord said, pull in here, pulled in. Fred was there. He went in, they sat, they talked. Um, he shared with them the gospel and the, the man, you know, uh, uh, prayed repentant. I mean, he was honestly, he was prayed up before he walked in. Yeah, there I you mean, go, the right? conversation with God had already been taking place if not taken taken place right long story short this is on a wednesday and so the guy says what next and uh fred says well we're having a service tonight you know and uh, uh talk to him a little bit about baptism but he said you want to be involved in a local congregation and so we're having a service tonight uh you know and uh um in fact they were having a i think messianic jews like Jews for Jesus oh, yeah. or a group like that. Mm -hmm. a, a gal was coming in and doing a presentation. He says, so if you can, come back. And then at the end, we'll have a, a, a time of invitation. And, and I think it's a good thing that you make this public, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so just come on down forward, and I'll kind of lead you through it. And the man was very open to that. So sure enough, he's sitting there. You go through the service, and um, uh, invitation's given. This guy comes down. He's talking with Fred in the front of the church. The organist is playing probably like Just As I Am yeah. or <laughs> something along those lines. And all of a sudden, out of the back of the room, this is Fred's story, he, he says we hear this, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and the man stops and says, what the blank was that? <laughs> 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 and the point being that Here's a guy who God is able to speak to coming out of a life of whatever, getting his life turned around, um, you know, um, turning to the sovereignty of Christ, the whole, I mean, walking, in a, you know, at least through that, you know, all these spiritual things are going on. And in that moment, here comes this noise and his response which is really and the bible talks about it, it's going to confuse people mm -hmm. i mean um and so his response is what was that mm -hmm. what was that and uh, and so i i get it i mean so the majority of traditional conservative evangelical churches like man that stuff is just going to cause division and mm -hmm. they've seen it and so on and so forth so um, and to be honest, often it's viewed as counterfeit and that's why it gets shoved aside right. because there've been so many charlatans. I yes. mean, so many, I mean, uh, when you're teaching a heavenly language that's supposed to come through the spirit, but you can teach others how to do it or you pressure them out. I mean, there's just been so much, you can uh, sell them a book on how to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it, a lot of books. Yep take a class yep. i mean but the point is it, it just there's so much of it that is um counterfeit or not authentic 
that, um, you know, uh, it's just like I don't have nothing to do with it, you know. Um, and, and so that's pretty much the traditional conservative evangelical uh, perspective. Sure. And then those are generalizations. But I had some issues with that, even though that's where I come from and that's where the majority of my life has been. To be honest, there were some issues I have. Um, not with the specific time and place. I believe God is always that way. Right. You know, but um, I think I have a hard time with, um, unless in context it's made very clear, I have a hard time interchanging heavenly language right. with human mm-hmm. language. And um, I also have a problem with uh, the time of tongues as a sign has ended. Because, you know, through my life, I've heard so many testimonies like, um, you know, uh, like Chris Moyo, our yeah. friend, you know, from Zimbabwe or uh, uh, Dan Rarbaugh from him and his wife, Peggy, served in Tanzania or these especially missionaries is where I heard most of the stories. But um, somebody uh, speaks in English, but they hear them in their own language. Yeah. They understand what they're saying. I've heard that testimony by honorable brothers and sisters in Christ. And so to think that um, it's, you know, uh, something that has gone away, I don't see where Scripture says that. And I certainly don't see, I think it's out of context, uh, completely out of context. When we pull that passage out of 1 Corinthians, it shall cease. I mean, we pull so much out of context yeah. in first Corinthians 12, 13 and 14. But uh, anyway, so I wasn't buying into all this, but I want our listeners to know this is kind of, and many of them, maybe most of them come from this thinking and, um, uh, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to cover that. Well, so um, kind of the other main excuse me, view that we um, uh, deal with or is accepted today. I, I'm going to call it the full gospel or Pentecostal view. Yeah. Okay. Which, you know, I mentioned both are confusing. Before. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's Pentecostal because of the tongues actually right. and the gifts and the filled with the spirit and that, uh, that thing. So anyway, let me just quickly run down some thoughts I had about um, the full gospel or Pentecostal position. And they would see it as a heavenly or angelic language it does not originate with man. Okay, so it's just a specific, um, uh, it's like God's language. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, not to go through that whole thing, but it's kind of like, you remember we uh, spent an, um, one or we took an episode and talked about the name of God, Yahweh Uh, mm -hmm. and Jesus, how they're pronounced and how people strain at gnats and swallow camels over over that. You know what I mean? And it all really comes down to, well, God prefers when you use his pronunciation, his language, you know, which, okay, so is it Hebrew? He prefers when you wear a tie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. You know, pick one. So, but it's kind of like the heavenly language Mm -hmm. and and in these moments uh they would see it as we participate in that even you know so so i've also uh it's 
you hear this a lot and it's kind of interchanged, but it's a special prayer language. In other words, it's only for believers, spirit filled believers, because in this position, you got believers, but then spirit filled believers, which is the full gospel, the full gospel. Um, But uh, it's a special prayer language. It's a, a language that we speak to God and in our prayer time. And, um, you know, I've, I've had discussions with friends who have talked about that they pray in tongues, but they don't, it's not a, a, they say it's not a gift that they express in public worship or anything like that, but they've shared, they pray in tongues that that's, you know, and they kind of bring in where, um, the spirit helps us with the groanings too deep, you know, it's just, right. it's our, our spirit is calling out and so it can't we can't get it out the way they would say it i can't get it out in my words mm-hmm. so god helps me with the spirit mm-hmm. and the way that he does that is through this heavenly language which um but anyway another is and this is big uh is that uh, tongues is the evidence of the filling or, or baptism yes. right. of the holy spirit in other words you get saved which is however you want to mark that but you accept christ and then you know if you receive the holy spirit later on when you receive the holy mm-hmm. spirit then the it's given evidence by tongues that's the primary if not in many cases they see it as the only as that baptism or filling uh it's a gift to be sought mm-hmm. and that's a lot of pressure and that's what i got early on was you need to be you know, um, baptized and you need to be filled with the spirit and that that was always attached with tongues. In other words, it's something you pray for, ask for, seek, um, and, uh, uh, which leads to this, um, sense of height or completeness as a believer. Mm-hmm. You, you're not really a full believer, <laughs> right? Yeah. A full Christian. Yeah. Until you're a full gospel Christian which, uh, you know, until this has uh, happened. Um, and uh, it's often expressed in corporate worship or in group prayer with an interpretation, you know, because of the passages there in in First Corinthians. Right. You know, somebody will, um, like what happened in the church, the illustration I gave, and then somebody else will speak English so everybody there can understand it you know, which mm-hmm. is an interpretation. Um, uh, a high degree of emphasis is placed on this gift as compared to other spiritual gifts. In other words, uh, teaching isn't the evidence of a believer or hospitality or love, patience. I mean, it's it's tongues. It's this, this um, gift. So it while uh, many will say well we we don't place that they that's i mean i got things in my life i want it to be different i may convince myself it's different but my words my actions and so forth uh, indicate uh, otherwise um uh, and it, it, what it boils down to is is the primary litmus test for spiritual maturity yes yep which all of these things on I mean, these are two kind of ends of the spectrum. Right. That's what um, I was thinking. There, you got two sides. There. But both of them cause confusion. Yes. And, absolutely. and I know because I have gone through that confusion. And yeah. I believe most believers that are exposed to the other, no matter which door they come in, whether they come in through 
kind of this um, full gospel door. That's um, where they are when uh, they begin their walk or, you know, what's influencing them as they begin their walk in the Lord. Or they come in through a more traditional evangelical door. If they're exposed to the other at all, it's going to it causes confusion because it forces us to deal with it. Like, for example, um, uh, when I was this is what I was exposed to initially and it's like, well, wait a minute. God has a language. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it never fit with me that God could be just like, I don't believe he can be restricted to a name pronounced a particular way. Exactly. I'm not sure that, I mean, it sure seems to me looking at his word that he uses a lot of different languages. Right. And right <laughs> now he's using English and I'm glad <laughs> exactly. because that's the only one I understand. Right. Sure. Right. I had two years of Spanish in high school, but I got a a C which should have been a D and a D which should have been an F. So I floated through, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, I could count to 10, but once we get Woo. past that and what's your name and what hour is it, I'm right. pretty much done. Right. Um, so I was glad he was using English. Mm-hmm. And so it, there was a disconnect for me that God has this special language and there was a disconnect that it's for special people. Yes. And so it led me to a place where, I mean, I can remember early, in the early days praying, God, help. I mean, because I was being told you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to speak in tongues or that will, you know, I'm like, God, help me here, you know. And these other things, he walked me through. But this one, there was no response other than the one I shared with you as I began to ask about why God, he's saying, I'll tell you when you need it. Mm-hmm. If you need to speak in tongues, if you need to speak in tongues, don't, don't fret. You'll speak in tongues. So don't, you know, you don't need, this is, this is a, um, chasing a rabbit here. Right. This is chasing a rabbit. Let's get on with what I want to do with your life. Yeah. Let's get on with being salt and light. That's what this is about. Um, you know, so, so I had, I had a struggle with that. I had a struggle with people, um, it didn't matter whether I was in Pennsylvania or I was in Florida or in California. And, and I'm legitimately in all three of those places and many more. If When I was in Kentucky, when I was exposed to people in speaking in tongues, um, they all sounded very similar. But it didn't sound like a dialect. It didn't. Mm, mm-hmm. It sounded like... A, kind of a cycle of sounds not it i mean my discernment did not detect that this is a language plus i can remember you know being told well um it's legitimate if there's an interpretation right so i'd be with somebody with a friend at church he's early on and um you would uh hear somebody speak in you know something you don't understand this cycle of sounds and uh the um and then somebody across the auditorium would stand up and say you know sound like honestly at that time sound like they were speaking old testament king james english Mm. you know but old testament stuff you know like um you know my people Um, you know thou hast forsaken me or I mean there was this I mean it's just it was a lot of forgive it was a lot of Bible speak not word of God speak but a lot of Bible Mm, speak mm -hmm. it was by I mean 
biblical words and stuff, but not, I never sensed. And honestly, it was, were, they, they were things that I'm there and I believe in God. I mean, uh, and believe, you know, I'm walk, striving to walk with him, but it sounded like, um, well, I can say those things. Right. They're always true. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, know, you felt that. I, I mean, in my life, I always... Weep over your sin. Well, okay. Well, okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, what? And so in my thinking, why did we need this other thing? The, yeah. And, and I couldn't make sense. I questioned, God, why would you, um, in a public setting, have somebody stand up and say something that nobody there can understand except... Uh, the person who or people who are going to give an interpretation and there were many times I heard multiple interpretations and they were different in other words this one tongues different uh, interpretations two different interpretations which they is really in contrast to first corinthians um one spirit right well many it's gifts. all of it's in there's it, no unity right it, it is there was a conflict there because right. when I went to look for even the the text that I was being led to seemed to be saying exactly the opposite to me. Exactly. Right. So, um, but uh, you know, uh, as always, I'm willing to look. I don't have the answers. He does. And um, but I, so what I'm trying to get at, Sam, is we. I had an issue with both. And then when the Lord's open, you know, we can sit down and study this now's mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. and it really came as a teacher i needed it to be able to clarify for others it was something that for me was in the rearview mirror it really didn't matter to me right yeah i really i mean and i'm still there if god if god wants me to fly i have no problem believing i'm taking off right if he i, I know that but i i have no issue with that so i mean um the scripture is filled with the miracles yeah of god right right and 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 so what i always have heard him his spirit speak to me is be in a place where i can do something through you be close paying attention yielded focused you know what i mean yeah so that whether i want you to fly or whether i want you to endure some hardship or uh, i want you to live in the belly of a of a giant sea creature for three days uh-huh. it doesn't matter it, it honestly doesn't matter the, so the focus was on i need to stay close to him because mm. he'll do what he wants when he wants how he wants is that making any sense it makes a lot of sense in my experience i as I got older and um, when I went down to school and had just gotten married, I had the um, I'd heard some of those same testimonies about people, uh, the missionaries um, who had spoken in English and others there heard it in their language, which lined up with Scripture for me. I mean, that's exactly what happened at Pentecost. Right, that's Acts. That exactly. So that that always lined up to me. The other always um, had a feeling of. Um, it seemed disingenuous. I didn't have any affirmation in my spirit when it was going on. And so for me, a lot of the other was I, I really just kind of cast that off as not uh, genuine at all and, and not of God. Um, it seemed to me to be awfully um, self-centered 
and um, egocentric in a lot of ways. Um, I remember one experience I had. I was helping with a little church that was just getting started, and God had been really clear about me helping with this, even though it was a little bit different setting for me. And I was playing music, and um, I remember one uh, Sunday morning, the pastor was teaching, and he was getting really hyped up, and he started to, you know, look at me and kind of ask me, are you filled with the Spirit, Sam? And I was like, yeah, definitely. And then he would read some more, and then he'd ask me again. And I could tell he wanted me to do something, but I wasn't sure what it was. And I had a guitar, so I started to play the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) See if this works? Yeah, hey, I'll I'll go with this. Um, And then... uh, Which was an expression of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Absolutely, absolutely. And and then eventually somebody else... um, one of the uh, you know main guys that was helping him out get started. He he stood up and started speaking in these utterances or these different sounds, and I could tell just body language and things that that satisfied what he was looking for, and he was looking for that from me. And in that moment, um, I kind of realized that th- that um, that interaction was so far away from what God was speaking to me and how he was doing things was in my a life. great disconnect. Yeah, it, it, and so for me, from that moment on, it's been very difficult for me to reconcile the way that, it's, uh, that it um, happens a lot in modern churches in the United States. And what happens is it winds up polarizing us. And so even this discussion, those who are listening are already beginning or have dug in I'm in that evangelical camp. camp. Right. I'm in that full gospel camp because this is what I've been taught. This is what I believe. This is what my daddy, you know, yeah. all of those things. And I'm not asking anybody to change any of that. All I'm asking is, can we look at it just purely biblical? Right. Can we set aside, uh, you know, I love Fred, my father in the ministry, mm-hmm. but he was wrong on some things. Yeah. I, I know you love me. But you know I've been wrong, and I'm going to be wrong again. I've been writing again. them down. Mom's not here. Is she? <laughs> no, she's not. Okay, I'm going to be wrong list. again. Oh, she will listen to the podcast. She will. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we can edit this. Can we so. edit this out? I think so. Okay. <laughs> so just to look at it with, okay, can I let go of that for just a moment? Because mm-hmm. on, on one side, what we have is uh, this... Uh, we've got God in a a bag that we pull out to give evidence and we make it happen. Mm -hmm. Everything has to be about these sign gifts. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, in the evangelical camp, which is what I struggled with facing as a pastor all those years is my goodness. If the Holy spirit, when the Holy spirit did manifest in some ways, they didn't know what to do. The majority of the people were afraid Mm -hmm. or ran from it, uh, which normally uh, it came out with criticism later. They they would criticize others. And I'm not talking about just speaking in tongues. I'm talking about any evidence of the spirit, you know. So, um, I mean, it kind of reminds me of of a story I heard years and years ago of like most of my stories, I've told them more than once. As you times. can you you can bear witness to that. I'd be happy to. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, you, you could pick any more traditional denominational church: First Baptist, First Methodist, you know, First United Methodist, First Presbyterian, on down the line. 
But anyway, a visitor comes in Sunday morning, and um, the pastor's preaching. And uh, boy, something sparks, and she says, Amen! Well, it's kind of more funeral-esque <laughs> setting. And uh, people just kind of yeah. look over their glasses. Yeah. Who's here? High eyebrows. Right, yeah. right. Everybody notices. <laughs> and uh, then again, you know, uh, you know, praise the Lord, you know. And... Um, and this went on a couple times. Hallelujah, you know, mm-hmm. and they just weren't used to that. Right. And so uh, finally, an usher, deacon, you know, uh, goes to her and says, ma'am, I need you to, to we need you to calm down a little bit. <laughs> um, finally, she lets another one go. If you don't calm down, you're going to have we're going to have to ask you to leave. And she says, but don't you understand? I mean, I found the Lord. And they said, well, you didn't find him here, <laughs> which kind of says it all, it doesn't it? It says it all. And see, that's yeah. the issue is that there, when you start saying um, that spiritual evidence is done, that spiritual evidence is done, that spiritual evidence, the sign gifts, they're done. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden there's this dry, empty thing i mean mm-hmm. and when the spirit does move it scares us right and we react to it in a carnal way um other the other side is we got to make that happen or god wasn't here right we can't end until just like in baptist churches we're going to sing another verse to just as i am till somebody, somebody right walks the aisle right <laughs> well you got this other you know where we're not leaving till somebody uh, speaks in something right <laughs> i mean we, we need a word of prophecy we need something a, right. right which to me seemed both yeah uh you know what i mean yeah i i think that we're um we're demanding something of god in both of those cases we are right rather than so um i would just ask our listeners if you can endure and let's just look at some of the passages mm-hmm. and legitimately look at them. And I'm not trying to sell you on any position here because really my position is kind of somewhere in between the two. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't matter. I'm, it's not. Um, uh, um, I want my position to be biblical right. in context right. with what the, the, his word says. That is also consistent with the entirety of Scripture. And that's true of everything. So. Um, um anyway let's uh um let's take a look at um uh well let's take for example let's start with mark 16 verses 17 and 18 which um is where uh you know we get the whole it's the only place we get the handling serpents and the poison drinking and uh that sort of thing but it also talks about uh speaking with new tongues and um, and we're not going to get into the textual criticism here and understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, in some Bibles, it'll be in italics because the um, earlier manuscripts don't have it here. Right. You know, and I mean, and it's kind of like the um, uh, the John 8 yeah, passage right, with the right. woman caught in adultery and so forth. But that's not we can talk about those types of things another time. So, it, because it really doesn't matter to me mm-hmm. if if it was recorded initially by Mark, you know. There's or, evidence throughout. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Luke, I think uh, Luke is where it normally gets attached to, but it uh, it doesn't really matter to me. All that matters is um, God, uh, it's, it's consistent with something 
that Jesus would say. It's consistent with Scripture, and God has kept it mm-hmm. and protected it. And and I'm okay with all of that. Right. I think He's bigger than us picking out books, and <laughs> yeah. you know, the, we can we can head down an inspiration uh, sidetrack. Right. Yeah. There, right. So it says, um, and these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, that's that's a pretty, I mean, I don't believe it's an exhaustive list. Uh, just like the the, the gifts, mm-hmm. the spiritual gifts in uh, Romans, Ephesians, First Corinthians, those aren't exhaustive lists either. We right. tend to think of them now, but those are some pretty big hitters, right? As far as um, what I'm going to call uh, sign gifts. So for me, when I began studying, you, I dive into the words, okay, and um, and one of the issues was or questions was, well, is this a heavenly language? Is this a prayer language? Is this an angelic language? Um, or is this a, um, uh, is the miracle of Pentecost or what's being talked about here um, a miracle of they spoke a language they didn't know, mm-hmm. but they were able to speak it right. in that moment? Or um, if they, um, um, they maybe they spoke a regular their language and the hearers heard it mm-hmm. in their own language and so that's kind of what um uh, led me to what does that word mean right what does it mean to say speak in tongues right okay well let me just kind of give you a sentence here and, and this will help um when my neighbor who is originally from italy dropped the tongue of the boat trailer on his foot. He bit his own tongue in pain and shouted aloud something in his native tongue. (laughs) Now, in that run-on sentence, (laughs) which I'm the king of the (laughs) run-ons. What tongue was that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I do not have the spiritual gift of punctuation. (laughs) (laughs) The commas have ceased. Right, right. Yeah, the gift of commas have ceased. Um, but I just want to show, uh, using that word tongue, mm-hmm. three different ways. Yep. And yet in English, it's the same word. Right, right. The tongue of the boat trailer, it's a protrusion. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, um, he bit his own tongue. Okay. Uh, it means the physically his tongue. And then he shouted or yelled something in his native tongue, which is language. Mm-hmm. So what I want us to see is in English, it shouldn't be that confusing for us. In English, we can use one word, mm. use it um, the same exact word to mean three different things. Right. I mean, they're connected. Yeah. Okay. Somewhat loosely, though. Even. Very loosely yeah. in mm-hmm. this example. Very loosely. And yet we understood when I read it exactly, no question, mm-hmm. what I was saying. And the only way to do that, do that is in context. In other words, we needed the context of the tongue of the boat trailer. Right. We even he bit his own tongue in pain. Bit 
you don't bite a language. Right. So it, that demands that this is the physical tongue. Right, right. You know, um, he shouted aloud something in his name. Well, he, you know, you don't shout a physical thing. So, you know what I mean? So Absolutely. the context yeah. is what uh, sets it. So when we go back, if we go back to the Mark 16 passage, and these signs will accompany those who have believed. The word there for signs appears more than 80 times in the New Testament. And um, uh, it, it, it means a signal or a mark of distinction. Now, I want to start here before we get to what tongue means, because understand that all of, all of these things that are listed there in the Mark 16 and throughout uh, the New Testament, these uh, full gospel gifts, mm-hmm. you know, are sign gifts. Why sign? Because they're always in con. It's the context is these things are done as a marker, mm. just like That's the key. Israelites. Yeah. Here, here's the way that here's what helped me. Um, when the Israelites uh, crossed the Jordan, set up a pile of stones there. Why? So that they will be assigned to your children and your children's children. That when they ask you in generations to come, Dad, why is that? pile of stones there because Yahweh delivered us from the uh, hand of the Egyptians. Yahweh brought us, you know, across the wilderness. Yahweh remained with us even when we were unfaithful to Mm -hmm. him. Yahweh stopped the water for us to cross. I mean, all of the, the, but did God stop the water and ask them to put up a pile of stones every time somebody crossed the Jordan. <laughs> That's my question. Yeah. And asked, no, no right. he did not. In other words, there are times when the same event happens in a, I mean, the same physical sure. thing happens, but there are only unique times when God says, I want you to put a marker down with yeah. this. Uh, pay attention to this because I'm proving myself to you right now. And I'm proving myself to those, anyone who's watching, Mm -hmm. anyone who's paying attention, Mm -hmm. anyone who's listening. I'm proving myself. I'm, this is a marker. Um, And I'm proving myself for those who will hear, read, in this case, see see that pile Mm -hmm. of stones, see that pile of stones in the future. So the, I have to begin with understanding that tongues is a sign gift. And what are sign gifts? They're markers. And so because somebody, when they got um, uh, responded to the gospel and were filled with the spirit that they spoke in tongues, does not logically, you cannot argue that every time somebody, you know, responds to the gospel is filled with with the spirit that they must speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. That's an error, but I won't, I will be easily misled in that. If I don't understand that this is a sign gift, just like, uh, look at some of the others, um, you know, uh, laying on of hands on the sick. Does that mean every time I lay on hands, every time you anoint with oil, that that's, uh, God in a box, you know, that we're going to make, it's a magic wand kind of thing. Um, how about uh, picking up serpents? Listen, God has never asked me to pick up serpents, except he had me hold one down with a rake one time. And I was terrified <laughs> yeah. at that till I could take care of that rattler. Yeah. 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 I'm holding that. 
that rattles didn't realize it was a rattlesnake or I wouldn't have stuck that rake on it. But I got that rake holding it down in the, you know, that uh, utility room in the yeah. carport in Florida. You were little. I remember, yeah. And uh, and I'm holding it down and it's putting out that odor. And, and so I said to your mom, get me something. It's a rattlesnake. Get me something to kill it. She was gone what seemed like an hour, but I'm sure it was only a minute or two. And she came back and handed me an ice pick. <laughs> Get at it. Yeah. <laughs> if that's all I got. <laughs> right. Yeah, so anyway. Try again? It, yeah, maybe get that hatchet. Right. <laughs> There's a hatchet at this location. and uh, I realized my instructions were... <laughs> right. I was still in a panic mode. Right. Uh, now I'm in a more of a controlled panic <laughs> mode. <laughs> so, but what do we have? Paul in the book of Acts, in the fire, you know, reaching in with the wood, getting bit by a snake, shaking mm-hmm. it off. I mean, we have situations where um, uh, if it needs to be an evidence, a mark, a sign for uh, to validate God, to validate him in an individual, for mm-hmm. him to validate him, like in uh, with the Peter and Cornelius, to validate uh, the the Gentiles can get saved too. Yeah, exactly. The same way, so that there can't be any uh, distinction to say, well, yeah, but it's not the same as on the day of Pentecost when all these Jews got right, saved, right. right? So that's what we need to understand the context of tongues and to understand that it is a sign. Is this making sense? I don't want to over... No, honestly, I don't know that that connection, uh, it's not been made really for me before. I I, I mean, God's given me a lot of ways to understand it, but that is, that sign um, connection hasn't been, I think it is important for you to talk about that because I, yeah, hit it. We struggle with that in almost every case. Like yeah. when we talked about the Lord's Supper or communion, you know, uh, uh, the whole you go back into um, John's gospel there and the whole thing is about uh, this. You know, you want to sign the feeding, mm-hmm. you know, oh, uh, yeah. you know, it comes at the heels of uh, uh, feeding with the loaves and the fishes that one one of those uh, signs. And Jesus confronts them for a chapter about and hard i mean that's the whole section where even it says that many stop following him because these were hard things he even turns to his own disciples and says well are you going to leave too Mm -hmm. so i mean he hits it head on but if you read it what he's hitting is about um that was a sign why are you getting caught up in this eating my flesh and drinking my blood thing it's i mean you are you're not getting the transition from proving the father is validating the father is proving and um not necessarily about physically eating his flesh and drinking his blood you know no yeah. matter how we parse that out but i don't want let me give you some examples like um in acts 2 um uh speaking of pentecost uh, you know, uh, Peter said, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus, the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders and signs. There, there are three synonyms that go together and they're used that way throughout 
scripture mm-hmm. you know i mean john's gospel you have the seven i am sayings but you also have the signs you right. have seven signs right. that accompany those or the backdrop or you know um bookend markers markers right. <laughs> these he doesn't he comes to the end and says i i'd not written this is not everything he said and did mm-hmm. i only picked out a select few mm-hmm. and in fact he did and said so many things that if we were to write them down the world couldn't contain all of it mm-hmm. why did he pick out those seven and and what because they're signs and i those i am sayings right you know what i mean so these are all validations and that's what peter filled with the spirit is talking about here a man attested to you by god with miracles wonders inside in other words god has already proven this and one of the ways he's validated is with these miracles wonders and signs you get locked up in the miracle, the wonder, and the sign, and you miss what's being valid or who's yeah. being validated. Right, right. It's not about that. It's about the who. It's it's about the bread of life, not the uh, why won't you feed us? Uh-huh. <laughs> why yeah. won't you, um, uh, you know, yesterday you had a, a, a lunch for everybody. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> it's not about that. Um, uh in um then a little bit later on he says and everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles so in acts 2 that you know 43 kind of that little several verses there um transitioning to now kind of the church or the ecclesia the called out ones um is this some um this, uh, this statement about everybody kept on feeling this sense of awe it was an amazing thing and signs and wonders well why because just like jesus's earthly ministry signs and wonders right to validate right otherwise he's just another carpenter son teaching out mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. okay so it validates well the early believers are validated i mean you know t- uh, 11 12 120 right you know then but now we're out into the 3000 you know 5000 you know uh as there as it's growing um god is validating because this is um it's not a new thing at all but from a person's perspective in palestine or that you know in judea in that they would see this as a new thing it's not judaism right exactly they are israelites who are doing this i mean this is so there needs to be some valid god validates Mm -hmm. and 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 proves um uh in second thessalonians um chapter 2 verse 9 uh it says that is the one who's coming and is 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 in accord with the activity of satan with all power and signs and false wonders so the reason i wanted to put that had it set aside was because it um the enemy will strive uh to um offer a pseudo signs mm-hmm. you know revelation talks about that that too too um but anyway i think we all get it right i think so all right so the holy spirit spirit signs in back to mark and these signs we've already covered that will accompany now the the Greek word there for accompany is actually very close to parakletos, which we translate. Come alongside. Yeah, to mm-hmm. come alongside. Para, it's a compound word. This in this case, it's uh, pergolothio, which is para to 
come alongside, but it's not to callo, it's not to call alongside. It is um, uh, to come alongside near follow a company. It almost okay. is, to me, it has the idea of walking together. Yes. Yeah, I see that. They mm-hmm. they went, they journeyed together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In other words, alongside and near follow a company. In, in that company. So what it's saying is these markers, the ones that he's going to tell us about, these markers um, followed were there, walked, were, were present alongside of believers. Mm. And that's the validation, right, that the Lord is giving. Um, and then um, let's, I said we were, we we're going to talk about tongues, didn't I? Yes, you did. All right, let's get there. <laughs> he says, it accompanied all those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons and they will speak new tongues. Okay, it says right there, tongues. Well, what does it say there? Because I need to know, does it say a heavenly language? Does it, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, the, it's the word glossa. Um, it appears 50 uh, plus times uh, in the New Testament. Um, and it, but it means just like the example, it means a few things. Okay. First, it means the tongue as a body part, an organ of speech. All right. So, um, for example, uh, in Mark seven, um, I believe it's where, um, yeah, Jesus performs a miracle. Um, it says in uh, verse 34, he says, be open. Well, earlier it says in verse 33 that he, Jesus touched his tongue. Uh, with the, And then it says in verse 35, and his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was removed and he began to speak plainly. So it's not the impediment of his language. Right, it's the impediment of his physical tongue. Um, and it had been used up uh, there prior to that. In Luke, uh, these are just a few examples. In Luke 16, he cried out and said, Father, this is when um, we actually talked about this recently. When we were talking about heaven, hell, where we go when we die. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, uh, the rich man crying yes. out. Uh-huh. He cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue. For I am in agony in this flames. Again, the context, it means a physical tongue. Uh, In James 3, it's probably, I mean, one we're familiar with. uh, Verse, um, let's see, 5 and following. So also the tongue is a small part of the body. That can't be a language. The context, uh, that's got to be my literal tongue, right? Uh, uh, Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is set among our members as that. Uh, verse 8, but no one can tame the tongue. And, and so it's repeated. The, the word glossa, the same word, it appears multiple times there. And all of them are in reference to uh, the meaning that it is a physical tongue. Um, uh, Revelation uh 16 verse 10 and the fifth angel poured out uh, his bowl upon the throne of the beast and his kingdom became darkened and they gnawed their tongues because of pain okay and i can keep on going um with references those are just a few examples but it's throughout from the gospels through revelation uh, this idea of it being um um 
our um, physical tongue, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I just looked at the clock thing, and we're at an hour here. So um, I, I just wanted everybody to kind of walk the – I want to teach kind of or lead through my – Yes. What I went through, but we can't fit that into it. So I need, I'm going to pick it up a little bit, okay? Okay. All right. So a glossa means um, – uh, the tongue is a body part, but glossa also can mean a, the tongue as a language used by a particular people group, an eth- uh, ethnicity, you okay. know, a, a um, you know, dialect a, or a, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. dialect. All right. In, but it's used in distinction from that of other nations. Sure. In other words, you speak English right. whereas they speak um, Spanish. Um, and you know, uh, Revelation seven nine um, from every nation, all tribes and peoples and tongues. Right. That's not you know physical thing. I mean, th- again, uh, there are multiples. But there's also another word that's translated tongues, or um, depending on your tr- English translation, um, that confuses folks at times. It only appears six times. And all of them are in the book of Acts. But Acts is kind of the tongue where play, people like to go either, you know, uh, they go to Acts or First Corinthians, First Corinthians yeah. right? All right. Um, and it's the word dialectos in the Greek, which is where we get our word, what you just mentioned, dialect. dialect we just, yeah. you know, uh, transliterate that right over. It means conversation, speech, discourse, language. Um, so it doesn't mean a physical tongue. Whereas uh, glossa can mean tongue or a physical tongue or uh, a language. All right. Um, uh, Like in Acts 1 9, it became known to all who were living in Jerusalem. So in their own dialectos, in their own language, that field, uh, so forth. Uh, Acts 21, and when they had given him permission, Paul, standing on the stairs, motioned to the people with his hand, and when there was a great hush, he spoke to them in the Hebrew dialectos, in the Hebrew language. Okay? So, understand that's, um, uh, you know, how it's used right. there. All right. So, if we go to the... Um, you know, I feel like I'm hurrying. Yeah, just do it, man. You think, or should we just oh, go wrap another show up and just come back and deal with the specific? Um, yeah, I, I think that's good. We got through the. I think the sign connection is really important. Okay, and I think we hit that really well and kind of um, laid the groundwork for getting into some of the um, word usages and, and differences there. Yeah, no, I think we have a lot more to say, in my opinion. No, I well, I always have a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot more to say. But I, I, I don't, I want folks to really, I mean, as best we can, here's biblically yep. why this isn't as confusing as we think it is. It's, um, it's made confusing by our lens, what we've been taught. And actually, because of language, mm-hmm. as we'll see, you know, we... Interestingly enough. In, interesting. <laughs> Only the enemy could do that, right? Yeah. Take language and and use it. But I was just thinking about that earlier on. Um, isn't it interesting that what was used 
um, as a point of unity in the Holy Spirit, the enemies turned into uh, disunity among believers. Right. It's um, meant to be uh, legitimately, in the way we see it biblically, it's meant to be this marker of the presence and outpouring of God mm-hmm. by His Spirit in people, through people, and um, and we've the enemy has taken it and distorted it mm-hmm. uh, through even our teachings, right? To make it um, exactly the opposite. Yeah. As soon as I hear that, uh, right? No matter what side somebody is on no matter what end of that spectrum they disregard you're not full gospel Eh. yeah all right you know nice guy but he's not full gospel right right oh you speak in tongues (laughs) right (laughs) nice guy but But don't want to go to church because he's right you know he's out there you know uh it's and so it brings about rather than being a marker for the presence power of god it is a um, mark the enemy has turned it into a marker for discord disunity Mm -hmm. and literally closing the door of our ears hearts toward our brothers and sisters in christ because i don't believe there's biblically um uh, our um salvation does not depend on where we come down on the tongues issue right (laughs) so Absolutely. Right. Well, let's uh, do it again next time. Okay. All right. I mean, do you have Close a question or anything in what we were what we've gone over? Or? No. I mean, I had a couple points um, that I, I wanted to explore. Um, Throw them out there, even if we. Just okay. Yeah. So one of the things that I was thinking, I couldn't stop thinking about really, um, is a, a passage where Jesus is talking about. Um, the parables and um and they ask him to explain it and he says if i've explained these things in earthly terms and you can't get it you're certainly not going to understand if i explain it in heavenly terms and we're talking here about um we've taken tongues and turned it into i mean a large majority of folks would believe it as a prayer or heavenly language right um and really the only time that i know of where jesus mentions anything about a heavenly type of Turn, you know, heavenly communication is just in reference to our inability to grasp the um, fullness of um, a, a eternal understanding. It doesn't have to do with a language. It has to do with the way that God's trying to communicate with us. Um, I don't know. That was just kind of a, a point right. that I wanted that I thought was worth exploring. No, and I think it's good, and we will. I mean, d- at least look at, and we can um, kind of look at that briefly. But it really falls in line with the First Corinthians mm-hmm. passage because that's a struggle for folks there. What is it, thirteen, where he talks about um, though I speak with the tongues of angels? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's was pulled out a lot and still gets pulled out and it says right there tongues of angels languages of angels i mean the context demands it's not a physical tongue so it's got to be glossa has to be a uh, uh, more along the lines of a language or communication there right right and the reason i pause to say i don't want language because i the context the total context is demanding of 
get up a little higher view here. Absolutely. I mean, look at all that he's talking about there. Yeah. And if you struggle with that, just think we do the same thing, man. You know, uh, he's got the, he's got the tongue of an angel means you speak well. Right. Right. I mean, why do we struggle with that in English? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, with, um, you know, um, metaphor, I guess, right, like yeah. that. But we we um, we don't struggle in English, but we struggle all of a sudden when it comes biblically. Yeah, I think it has to do with when we read that word tongue and because it's been the lens comes on. Well, that has to be talking about this heavenly language. Well, I mean, um, I'll tell you what, and this would be a good thing to end on as far as go go back no matter what um, um, side you tend to come down on Mm -hmm. go back and just get a concordance and look at all the times it says tongue or tongues and um, in English and replace it with either physical tongue or heavenly language you know what I mean and you're going to find that it doesn't really yeah, there's a, a lot of disconnects there. Right. Yeah. However, if you set aside the ones that say physical, that are obviously a physical tongue thing, if you put a known language, it works mm-hmm. every single time. So, yep. so uh, I mean, in, in and just go, walk through and see. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want um, if you want to plug and play and say every time I read tongues, like in that, instance of um though i speak with the tongue of tongues of angels Mm -hmm. well that means a heavenly language okay it'll fit there if we force it doesn't really fit in the total context right but it will make i mean you can make sense in a statement there all right but if you take that same approach to all the times you're not gonna whereas a language known language will fit there and fit contextually and will fit all the other times. Yep. Definitely. So. And I think that's the key in um when you when you're looking at something that maybe God's brought you to a place of uh, where you are dealing with that or trying to learn more about it obviously. Um understanding the totality of scripture um and and how it's it's perfect and there's not going to be any huge that is so important huge what's funny i think is um and unfortunate sometimes is in doing that i want to understand the totality of scripture well then we get out we start getting out the concordance we start getting all these tools out and we end up focusing on the smallest things and we actually forget that the totality of scripture is is a lot about a story that God is is laying as he's revealing himself to us, right? right? And the the tongue thing for me starting in Acts, if you look at the story there, it's a and from the very beginning, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That kicks off the the tongue sign so the, the the story there is about taking the gospel out it's about including everybody in god's plan for redemption so if you look at the totality of scripture i think it's important to look at the story too I, i'm i'm not slamming concordances and those types of things those are important to understand sure, like we're yeah. looking at the you know where do you plug this word in and so on um but when you tie that out to the story as well you see oh this is actually you know this the story here and where this started is 
taking the gospel out to the world, including everyone in God's plan for redemption, not just Israel. And um, I don't know. To me, that really that helps to clear a lot of things. Yeah, up. it's not complicated. Right. If the the most complicated part is letting go of my preconceived notions that I'm bringing right. to the discussion. These are things I've already made my mind and heart up with, or at least leaning heavily that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it takes a lot for me to let go. That's the most difficult. If we approach it, it's kind of like, um, you know, uh, whether it's the house church or on Saturday night, our teaching here, mm-hmm. you know, um, one of the things that I've shared repeatedly and has, you know, um, been on my heart for the last several months, you know, is, listen, um, when we read a passage for the first time or early on in our walk with the Lord, then we go through this period where we really want to divvy it up and get the, you know, the spiritual scalpel out <laughs> yeah. and right. We want to measure the diphthongs and, <laughs> You know, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we get that microscope out. Um, but what's amazing and what I found is that, uh, you know, after 40 years, I'm winding up the very first thing that the Holy Spirit spoke to me when I read it the very first time (laughs) is true. Yeah. Yeah. Now I may not understand it, with the totality of scripture now, or right, I mean, right. these, the, the well's a lot more full than it right. was, but the message is the same. I didn't need a decoder ring. Mm-hmm. The, 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 you know, on uh, the special teaching, this insight, this, you know, um, secret code, or mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, but I'm not trying to negate studying either because it's through those, that, uh, work, honestly, that the Lord grew me. That's the, I mean, that's how the well got filled. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's not so. Um, I run into so many who are, you know, whether they've been at it, uh, you know, um, six months or six years or 60 years, um, they still wring their hands. What if I'm missing? You're not. If you're walking, if, if you, are, um, you know, going back to when we were talking about hearing his voice, if, if you just, he, He'll tell you. Yeah. He has always been telling you. Right. And he's not leaving any hidden thing out Why would he that's going to that? trip you up. Right. Who is that? Right. Because that's not the one who died for me. That is not who, you know, um, my creator is. That's That That does not fit into any of his no. character. Would you give your son a snake? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But the enemy, yep. you know. Definitely. So when we come back, I mean, next time we will talk about um, the act, the day of Pentecost. Mm -hmm. We'll finish up about the words, but I won't bore people to death on that. (laughs) But there are issues because one of the even as I worked through it, that whole thing with Peter and Cornelius, you Mm, know, the uh, hey, that sure looks like, I mean, let's deal with that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll deal with that. And and um, so. Awesome. All right. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Hope everybody has a great week. Yep.